Welcome to the Steady On Podcast, where God's hard truth meets your hard story. I don't need to tell you that life gets hard. Life gets hard, really hard. But God's faithfulness is still active and alive in our hard. And these episodes are dedicated to remembering and claiming the promises of a faithful God. I'm your host, Angie Bauman. I'm a pastor and Bible teacher, founder of Steady On Ministries, and creator of the Step-by-Step Bible Study Method. But more than that, I'm a trauma and abuse survivor who carried a heavy weight of shame and worthlessness for many years, and I still struggle, but I live in much more freedom now because I know God through His Word and speak truth to the lies of the enemy with His Word. And that's what we do here. On Mondays, we take it in by studying the promises of God, and on Wednesdays, we live it out with teaching and testimony on the promises of God. So thank you for tuning in, my friend. You are the reason for this show. And I'm so very, very glad you are here. Let's get started. Welcome, friend. Today, we're going to take it in with Psalm 139.17 using my step-by-step Bible study method. And you will find links to a study sheet as well as videos for the step-by-step masterclass in today's show notes if you'd like to learn more. Psalm 139.17 says, this is the NIV, how precious to me are, are your thoughts, God, how vast is the sum of them. If you're a regular listener, you might remember that we were in the book of Psalms just two weeks ago, but I'm just going to remind you of some of the overview of the book of Psalms. Uh, We're in the Psalms a lot, actually. I think there are so many wonderful truths in all of scripture, of course, but there's just all of these really wonderful words to study in the book of Psalms. Um, But Psalms means praises or songs or instrumental music. In some languages, the book of Psalms is translated songs of worship chanting for praising God or songs about God. The book of Psalms is a collection of 150 Psalms. It's divided into five books, each one of which ends in an appropriate doxology. And Psalms, according to the Faith Life Study Bible, is Israel's book of worship. If you ever are interested, all the resources I use to put an episode together can be found in the show notes. A.F. Kirkpatrick says this about the book of Psalms. The Old Testament is the religious history of Israel, and the poetry preserved in the book of Psalms is religious poetry. Secular poetry no doubt existed, but with the exception of a few fragments preserved in the historical books, it has not come down to us. So another way to describe the book of Psalms is religious poetry. Chapter 139, where we're hanging out today, is a beloved chapter of scripture. There are 24 verses in there. Um, And the Enduring Word Commentary titles chapter 139 as Praise and Prayer to the God who knows all and is everywhere. We are hanging out in the section of that chapter that is about our response to the greatness of God. Again, Psalm 139, 17 says, How precious to me are your thoughts, God. How vast is the sum of them. Step one in the Bible study method is to choose our word. Our word today is precious. It is an adjective that means of high value or worth or seemingly regarded as such. I think that's interesting. Like it can be precious whether it is valuable or whether we decide it's valuable, even if the world doesn't say so, right? Like we can have some kind of... um, you know, my my kids, when they were little, they would bring home a macaroni necklace or something like that. Well, it wasn't precious to anyone but me, but it was precious to me, right? It is also something that is regarded with love or tenderness. Opposites of the word precious are things like worthless, common, inadequate, miserable, pathetic, 
pointless, forgotten, valueless. Those are heavy words, kind of just, um, they're words that they they lack value. And that's what we're talking about, something here about the thoughts of God being so valuable to us. Um, but sometimes in our selfishness, when we get wrapped up in pride, it's like the, the thoughts of God towards us are worthless. Like, it doesn't matter what you think, I'm going to do my own thing, right? Or they're inadequate. It's not enough what you're offering me. Or they're pointless, like you don't understand my reality. And we can behave that way, which is one of the reasons I think it's really um, important or helpful for me to look at the opposites. Step two in the method is to investigate. We divide up that step into four parts. And part one is to compare the word in other translations. And as I go through here, there's a couple of different schools of thought. And we're going to sort that out a little bit more when we move on and study the original word. But the CEB says incomprehensible. The CJB says, I prize your thoughts. The ERV says, beyond my understanding. The GNV says, dear. The GNT, here's what one that made me pause. It says, how difficult I find your thoughts. The ISV, how deep are your thoughts? The message says, rare and beautiful. The NIRV says, priceless. The NLV, of great worth. And the NRSV says weighty. Let's just plug a couple of those back in. How I prize your thoughts to me, oh God. Your thoughts to me are beyond my understanding. Your thoughts are dear, are priceless, are rare, are beautiful, are of great worth. They are weighty. They are deep. Part two is to research the original word. The Strong's number is H3365, Yaker. It is a root word that means to be heavy, valuable, to make rare, to be or make precious, or to be prized. This idea of heavy in the original word is, I think, what leads us to the G&T translation, how difficult I find your thoughts, because heavy can lead us to difficult. Something in our house that is heavy can be difficult to pick up, right? And the way and the enormity of God's consideration of and towards us, it can be heavy. It can be hard to understand. It might even be hard to receive. But heavy can also lead us to something that's non-negotiable, like a rock that can't be moved, even if we don't understand, even if we don't receive. It doesn't change the weight of God's love for us, the heavy of God's love for us, and the role that that love, that heavy precious, valuable, weighty love can have in our lives. Part three of the investigate step is to read some commentary. The enduring word says this, David was filled with amazement and adoration by considering how God knew and cared for him. It is precious that God should think of us at all. It is beyond precious that he would think well of us and think so often of us. Charles Spurgeon says, he is not alarmed at the fact that God knows all about him. On the contrary, he is comforted and even feels himself to be enriched as with a casket of precious jewels that God should think upon him is the believer's treasure and pleasure. It is good to know someone is thinking of us. If you've ever been, and I know you have been struggling with something and you get a text you get an email, you get a phone call, you get a card in snail mail, and it just says from someone else, 
I'm thinking of you. Doesn't that immediately lift something from us? Man, I've been there when something just comes at the right minute. They might not know what's going on. This happened to me just recently where a ministry friend of mine reached out. One morning I was struggling. Oh, I was just struggling and she sent me a message. She said, you are on my heart this morning and I am thinking of you. And I texted her back and I said, you cannot know. (laughs) She cannot know. You have been the voice of God today because it means a lot to me that you see me and that you're thinking of me. But somehow this morning in this place where I am, you're being willing to reach out and say, I'm thinking of you reminds me that God is thinking of me that God is thinking of me and nudging you to reach out to me, to remind me that he is thinking of me. And it was huge to me. It changed everything. So two things, when someone reaches out to you to let you know that they're thinking of you, know too that that's an evidence, that's an indication that God is thinking of you. And also don't be shy when you get that nudge from the Holy Spirit to reach out to someone. You don't have to have the words. You don't have to know what to say, but sometimes I'm thinking of you is just enough to remind someone else that God is thinking of them too. Daniel Estes says, the psalmist can hardly believe the Lord whom he has described in verses 1 through 16, this part above in in chapter 139, can think that much of him. And from Tremper Logman III, it says, although the psalmist may be ambivalent about the extent of God's knowledge and the scope of his presence, he certainly has no doubts that God is and has been with him from from the very beginning and that he knows him thoroughly. After all, It was God who created him. God did not simply create humanity and then withdraw, as though natural processes alone accounted for the birth of future generations. No, God is intimately involved in the birth of all his human creatures, and the result is amazing, as the psalmist considers that he is fearfully and wonderfully made. We saw that just a little earlier in this chapter. God's knowledge of the psalmist even extends to the time before he was conceived. Also in Psalm 139, it says, you saw my unformed body. He not only knows the psalmist's distant past, but also his future, a statement about God's foreknowledge, knowing the vastness of God's thoughts, where they outnumber the grains of sands, overwhelms the psalmist. When we do take this chapter in consideration, And the psalmist is saying, you know me, you ordain my days. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. You are thinking about me. It is amazing that this is true. And I'm so very, very glad that it is. Part four is called rewrite. And I'm going to read the verse again from the original translation, the NIV. It says, how precious to me are your thoughts. How vast is the sum of them. And I rewrote the verse like this. Your thoughts are like a weighted blanket on my soul. It is a heavy comfort. It's difficult to crawl out from underneath it, but I'm glad that it is because it keeps me where I need to be. It keeps me with you. Step three in the the method is to find the characteristics of God. And I wrote down a couple of things. I put that he is loving, 
that he would think well of me is beyond my understanding. I love the song. It's an old praise chorus. I am a friend of God. And it repeats that. I am a friend of God. I am a friend of God. He calls me friend. And the core, the verse, I believe starts with something like, who am I that you are thinking of me? Right. And then he just, I am a friend of God. I am a friend of God. He calls me friend. And it's the singers just, it's just amazement that this is how God invites us to be in relationship, close, intimate connection with us, that he knows us and loves us, knows us thoroughly far better than anyone else could know us far better than we could know ourselves. And even though because of that, he calls me friend. That is a beautiful thing to hold on to today. And I also wrote down that God is my guide. Knowing he has and does think of me reminds me to align my thinking of myself with his thinking of me. He guides me in the way that he sees me, in the way that he has created me and invites me to come along and follow him in that journey of thinking, understanding, and accepting. Step four in the method is identify the lie of the enemy. And this is the thing that I came up with immediately that God does think of you and it isn't good Um, because he knows, he knows the places of disappointment, the places that we failed and disappointed people that we've disappointed God. And that actually his thoughts to us are like condemning or shaming. That is not the voice of God, because even if God is correcting us, he is correcting us lovingly, even when he is correcting us, because he does correct us. He calls us to more holy decisions. He calls us to more righteous behavior. He calls us to more loving relationships. He is going to show us a better way over and over again, but his voice is not shaming. It's not condemnation. It's invitational and it's loving. So even if God is wanting us to raise the bar on who we are and who we are in him, right? He is thinking of us well, and he is talking to us kindly. Step five in the method is called, so what? This is where we just jot down, record a takeaway. And I wrote mine like this. I put, it is good and right to remember how valuable I am to God. He loves me so, and it is good that he does. He created me and calls me good. Like I often think of my children, God infinitely more thinks of me. I'd love to hear your takeaway if you have one today. You can reach out and email me anytime at steadyonpodcast at gmail.com. If you haven't yet, I would be so grateful if you would take a moment and subscribe to the podcast. It helps the show a great deal, those who do subscribe. I encourage you to tune in on Wednesday for the Live It Out episode with Lawana Wilson. Lawana is a gem. Talk about precious. I think Lawana is precious. She talked to me about embracing our uniqueness, and I loved my chat with her. Lawana is encouraging and joyful and full of life, and her testimony will be our Live It Out on this verse, Psalm 139, 17. Thank you so much for listening. I pray wherever your day takes you, you are walking in the confident knowledge that you are a beloved, cherished child of God. Peace.